You've got to be mindful of what's going on in pop popular culture. Beanie Mania. Dream telepathy. Flying shark kites. Rifles underwater. That goddamn marijuana shit. Cargo pants. And now, this. In this make an original, we go behind the scenes of OK, OK, OK and learn how a brand can make gains without a huge team, without the support of a massive following, or without outside investment. You'll hear from two co-founders in the trenches as they continue to build and find direction for something they're passionate about. I heard you wanted to hear about me. Well, I'll tell you about me, you see. It's really weird though, because we didn't really plan it. We just all happened to be here, right? No one's, no one's like, oh, no one had a meeting. Be like, oh, let's all move to some trip. But we just all moved here because. Yeah, you know, I, all... I think it's because the rent. <laughs> yeah, I guess the rent. Too. So whatever rent that is expensive, like if some time or whatever at some trip or whatever the rent went, oh, we probably gonna move in a little bit. Maybe gonna go all the way to Yunlong. <laughs> yeah. What you just heard was a conversation between Leo and Blanc the founders of OK, OK, OK. Leo is the creative head, while Blanc, or as he's known in Chinese, a bee, handles the business side. Each shoulders a fair burden of the company and runs it out of Shumshui Po in Hong Kong. That location is in many ways key to the brand's survival, and you could say it's success. Here's the situation. Hong Kong is a city that enjoys great creative freedom, but not necessarily creative support. Unlike in nearby China, you can basically express yourself artistically, but it's extremely hard to succeed if your goal isn't to latch onto a big brand and make a name for yourself that way. Whoa! Hey, Scotty. Jesus, man. Hong Kong's sprawling metropolis is divided into three main regions. You've got comparatively affluent and internationalized Hong Kong island side, the new territories that stretch out wide and far north towards China, and Kowloon, which sits in the middle. Generally speaking, the farther away you get from the commercial hub on Hong Kong island, the cheaper rent gets, and the more local these areas become. And that word can be a bit of a euphemism suggesting less polish, privilege, or even worldliness. OK, OK, OK set up shop in Shamshui Po, which is one of the more local districts on Kowloon side, and one of the oldest. It sits on Kowloon's northern edge in front of wilderness in the form of country parks, before the new territories begin. Samshipo is the poorest area in Hong Kong. Samshipo is the gem. 
Yeah, I mean, it's cheap to live there, and but it's more authentic, though, right? It's more, it's real Hong Kong. It's not, you know. It's fun at daytime. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. There's a lot of stuff happening. It is a really cool place to do creative things because it's easy. Like everything is so cheap to do here. Like T-shirt we buy is cheap, and you know the screen printing material we get is cheap because most of the stuff is made in China or made here. So it's very accessible. Yeah, it's fast. Yeah, it's accessible for us to do. Since me and Nabi been doing a lot of clothing stuff, we know where to get the cheapest thing, and Nabi knows too. Yeah, the cheapest and closest. By Hong Kong standards, the area is known for being more than a little rough. It is one of the first ports of call for immigrants and sufferers from sporadic gang-related violence, drug problems, and poverty. But as Leo and Abi said, Shamshepo is also a hub for textiles, electronics, and hardware, making it a valuable supply for different businesses. You could easily spend a whole day getting lost in the markets, finding bargains, or even just exploring all the different side streets. It's been like this for generations. We ghostlies lived here. Then one day these creatures moved in. Warped and horrible creatures. Hola, muchachos. Yogananda Pashahare On the one hand, the constant churning sea of sights, sounds, and smells can be a bit overwhelming. On the other, you could argue there's a unique charm to the frenzied pace that drives the area's industry. I'll miss you. Mm. See Adam and God, and they're hanging out, and they're you know walking through the garden in the cool of the day, and God would boom blast Adam. I want to welcome you to the money shot. Up to this point, we've given you a snapshot of what it's like for creators in Hong Kong. And what you're about to find out is how Leo is inspired by the city, even though he's not bound to it. Yeah, my studio is a converted warehouse. It used to be a bra factory. Um, <laughs> our whole neighbor used to be drug dealers. I was 80% sure, but when they moved out, I broke into their uh, studio and I saw like, I just saw like pots and then like some alien white powder substance and still in the bowl. <laughs> no. And, no, dude, it was, no. And they had, I'll be working late in the studio at 3 a.m. and I'll see like 20 kids going into the their studio with backpacks in 15 minutes and then they all leave at the same time. So I don't know what's going on there, but at this stage, I'm pretty sure it's drug dealing, drug dealers. And there's, you know, like this newspaper stories. Like my, my neighbor Dennis sends me this newspaper clip saying, oh, they busted the biggest cocaine factory in Hong Kong. And I saw the picture is across the street from the really. So it was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure our neighborhood, I mean, our neighborhood is, is happening, you know? When you distill the brand down to its core, okay, okay, okay's design process is simple. Take what's authentic and inspires you and create based on that. The first half of that inspiration comes from their own neighborhood and the stories unfolding around them. Young people desperately need positive role models to admire. Yeah, in some way there is. And I mean, I don't want to make a shirt where, oh, cause it's cool now to make a shirt like that. That's why I make it. I just, I guess we just make things based on things around us. Cause if we bring back to like some Chirpo, right? Um, if you walk around, there's a lot of inspiration. I mean, there's a lot of things that people have thrown out from like the eighties and nineties. And there's a market here every night where you bring a flashlight there and then you can just look at these trash, but then people will, will pick out these trash from, you know, from the garbage can and they'll like clean it up and then sell it or 
maybe ten, twenty dollars Hong Kong, and I mean it's literally you know one man's what's it called, one man's trash, another man's treasure, you know. So we look through those things, and there's a lot of inspiration there for sure. You know? Gonna rock. I feel like this is Sodom and Gomorrah relived. The rulers of the darkness of this world. Girls and money and drugs. Evil, that chilling evil that comes on you. As a side note, Leo's referring to the after-hours rummage sales that take place in different parts of the area. These are usually run by the city's impoverished, on the streets, and in front of stores that have closed their shutters for the night. It's experiences like these that are gathered on the ground that allow Leo to create some pretty unique designs. One of his shirts stood out to us, one with a very simple graphic. It's the familiar BMW logo, but with three Chinese characters on top. So I asked about it. So what's happening? The recent BMW shirt I did was a guy that sells drugs in, in Hong Kong, he drives a BMW. Because a friend of mine picked up weed from this guy. Uh-huh. Really? And he just hands out these tea bags. It says Tie Guan Ying, you know? It's like a type of tea. You know, instead of BMW, this guy is selling drugs, in the, in the, you know, in his car, you know? So it's, that teacher has a story. Yakety, yakety, yakety. What if we kick this up in Asian rhythm? Mmm. How about a Chinese rhythm? I eat Chinese food almost every day. Just remind myself to be a little bit crazy all day long. When you're a small brand, the lack of notoriety and obligation grants you that extra bit of artistic license to make whatever you want. And as you can imagine, parodying a big company's logo is free game. That is unless you're threatened with a lawsuit. I'm not trying to promote anarchy or anything here, but we are trying to present what is going on. The other reason when I did it was uh, the championship. The champion uh, t-shirt we did, it, it was it's just as Cannibal Corpse and me and Alex from Pleasure, we both really like this band. That was gonna be a collaboration. They were, uh, Alex was telling us, uh, Champion is suing everyone because you know everyone's using their logo, and, <laughs> right? And you know, pleasures are a bigger company, so um, I guess they didn't want to, you know, uh, get in trouble. But you know, we we're like, yeah, let's do it, you know, because <laughs> if they sue us, it's kind of a nice thing, and we will get on newspaper and stuff. Cannibal Corpse, or any other death metal group for that matter might not be the first thing you think of when you hear of a clothing brand. The world of the demonic, of the satanic. But while you might not take it quite seriously, I assure you that demons take it quite seriously. But as the inspirational center of Leo's eclectic design, music is too powerful to be limited to just one genre. I think that most of my influence are from Music. I'm, I'm all over the place. I listen to like punk, metal, dancehall, yes, yeah. hip hop, everything. Yes, same shit. Yeah. I like pop too. <laughs> what things are not funny? What are some examples of things that are not funny? Affirmative action works for me. In fact, it allows me to make money while I'm sitting on the beach here in Waikiki. I spend a lot of time on the internet. Yeah, it works as like a mood board for me, I guess. If I'm running out of ideas, 
I'm a big fan of Reddit, a lot of different subreddits, and I look at like some really obscure ones, and even for like entertainment purposes, I, so I look at a lot of these things to get inspiration from. Yeah, I think the other day I found this PlayStation 1 game called LSD Emulators. It's like a... Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a game that simulates an LSD experience. PS4? No, it's on PlayStation 1. Really? Yeah, it is really weird. Confused vomiting, withdrawal seizure, a cable. If I put it in my batter, it will make my batter bitter. But a bit of better butter won't make my batter better. So she bought a bit of butter better than her bitter butter. And she put it in her batter, and the batter was not With a strong home turf connection, and no established image to lock itself into, OK 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 has enough ideas and creativity to go in whatever direction it wants. But for that to happen, there has to be synergy between the only two parts of the operation. On paper, it seems like a pretty clear-cut division. You've got one creative that makes the intellectual property and one business guy that knows how to market and monetize it. The reality is, this doesn't automatically work if both halves stick to their own corners. There has to be overlap, friction, and even disagreement to keep the brand in balance. It's disaster time. So I do most of the design works, and I also, I guess I create uh, imagery for our brand, and I'll be, yeah, I'll be what, tell them what you do. <laughs> um, I mostly just sell the stuff. And sometimes yeah, when so... I design, like, uh, yeah, sometimes when I design like stuff, I, I ask a bee if it's too crazy, because he knows what sells, you know. He has an insight of what works with people. So, because he's he also has a store, right? So he knows what um, customer wants and. Well, I usually look in magazines or uh, see what the kids at school are wearing. Wearing. So what I do is I'll sit in the studio for a solid two, three weeks where I design graphics that work for t-shirts or caps, and then I send that over to B. And we sometimes we both sit down and go through them, and then we both decide like what you know what we should print or not. There's a lot of stuff that didn't make it to the cut because he would say it doesn't work, or I look at it long enough that I sort of decided it wouldn't work. And you are totally at one with the company. When they think of you, they think company. And then a B yeah. makes a decision. So, yeah, sometimes, but not all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. sometimes I just told him that, nah, it's not gonna work, <laughs> man. But we do have some different kind of thinking sometimes, but he, he's fine with it. And I'm fine with it. Sometimes even I say no, but he say, cool, all right, why not just print it, you know? You're not gonna print like thousand pieces of it. So 40, 30 pieces is limited, so. Sure, it's going to sell anyway. About $5,000, between uh, $2,000 and $2,400. $50,000, $1 billion. Thinking like a cash flow millionaire. Nice <laughs> a bee's optimism is helpful, given the brand's set of challenges. For a KOKOK, which has been adept at keeping its overheads low, the biggest struggle isn't paying the bills and staying above water. 
It's fighting for a voice in a sea of streetwear brands where the biggest fish get all the shelf space. Why? 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 Who can stop the pain? A B is honest with the brand and admits how okay, okay, okay's obscurity is both its unique selling point and its weakness. Um, it's sometimes it's really difficult to sell it. You know, like some, like what Leo just say about the BMW T-shirt, for example. Not many people in Hong Kong or international like know what's that mean. There's only a few of us that actually know what's that mean. So the message is actually pretty cool, pretty sick. People got, you know, curious about what is that, but like some people, they don't really know what that means. So they don't really care about the design and stuff, but they just, they saw champion logo, they're like, oh, cool. I'll get that, you know. In Hong Kong, not many stores selling the brand. So it's only us that's selling it. So some stores, they, they do really like it, but some stores, they, they like just ignore us, you know. They didn't even reply my email or some stuff, you know, even I know them. <laughs> All of the people we encounter on a daily basis expect to be treated with dignity and respect. While Hong Kong is admittedly shallow when it comes to its infatuation with brand names, Leo understands it's nothing personal. Out here is is hard because um, it's not their fault, right? So they get a paycheck and they want to spend it on you know things that they like, and what they like is what they've been exposed to, and in what they see, they you know they read hype piece, they read like you know all these publications, and they're only exposed to like Supreme, you know, Stussy, the, all these bigger brands, and yeah. so it's hard for them to decide. Oh, I only get to buy one T-shirt this month. What should I spend it on? Should I spend it on things that I already know it's good, or should I spend it on this new thing? He's enjoying being a heartthrob way too much. Cosette, you look very pretty today. Excuse me, could I have your number? No way. Make no mistake, though. OK, OK, OK is working to build a name for itself, but it's also consciously not trying to blow up either. Leo and Abi talked about some of their favorite music bands losing their way at the height of their fame and are just as wary of brands that go too big, too soon. No one likes change. Why? Uh, they like to dream in the boom-boom land. Does that explain it? That does. Wow. It seems like the system is a lot different than we think it is. Search for new or unexplored areas of your lover's bond. We just go for the slow, you know. If someone really cool, everything that we should put on it, then why not, you know? Yeah, I think, go for well, it. you you were yeah. saying how, um, like, you know, because he runs the store, right? So he sees brands get really popular and then, you know, all of a sudden they disappear off the map. And Yeah, a lot. Like, I don't want to talk, like, some brand's name, but it's, like, really many, many brands that just came out, like, a hype, maybe one or maybe two years, and it's just gone. It's, like, just blown out, you know, and they're gone. Because at a certain point, like, those things became so popular, it destroyed the image of it. It is very important to communicate with each other. They totally lost, like, focus of what they actually can do and not... You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they lost the roots of what yeah. it was about, and then they became a lot of different things. And they, they became, oh, they, they want to market to more people to make more money. And they lost what they, they forgot what, like, oh, they, they started doing. The, the purpose of why they're doing it. 
and but now they understood like oh um they should go back to what they started doing to make them good at the first place i guess that's what we want to do right we want to bring back those elements that says a lot about life and about cat massage it all kind of falls into the same category of how society totally pushes women to be like this category of like women makeup nail polish Knowing what could happen to a brand that blows up too quick, Leo and Abi aren't looking for big breaks by securing high-profile brand partnerships. Something, as I mentioned, happens all the time in Hong Kong. And to make things worse, a creative brand like this can't count on the same support afforded to small businesses either. Jesus Christ, what kind of Mickey Mouse criminal justice system you got? You know, all of us probably went to school in the States or in the UK or whatever, and we come back here. We see a lack of happenings here, and government aren't trying to help us, you know. I've been offered, like, grants from the government to do, like, oh, we're going to do a pop-up shop here, we can pay for it, and then you look at the details, they're saying, oh, but you can't do these things, and then you're like, whoa, like, wait, so you're helping us, but you're controlling what we're doing, so that's not what we are about, you know. I guess there is like this supporting system among all of us, right, so. We must teach evolution, which anyone in the science community knows is a lie. If we want to do a party, Triple X can help us to host it, you know, or if, um, like even like this interview here, like if without like make, we wouldn't even, you know, we would have this interview. So it's like, we're helping each other out and things, you know, it's like, it's more of a community. You want to be a scientist? You've got to experience things. Who will teach values to our kids? To get an idea of how far our city has to go creatively and what sort of hurdles creatives like Leo can expect, remember how we said Hong Kong enjoys creative freedom but not necessarily support? One recent example is the city's attempt to start a food truck program. Long story short, the government limited the number of licenses to only 16. Concepts had to go through two rounds of selections, and each truck needed to have access to an outside kitchen for support. Oh, and each truck was locked to one location decided by the government. You get the point. With neither big brand nor government to turn to, you'd think Leo would be pretty jaded about running a brand in Hong Kong. Not necessarily, so it seems. It's interesting, right? Because a lot of people will complain that Hong Kong don't have any, like, scene or, or sort of, you know, um, alternative culture. But then even though it's really small, there is still. So there's all these, you know, people doing things in the Kowloon neighborhood because it's cheap It's cheap here. And in our neighborhood alone, there's slowly these things coming up. Like, there's a bar called Bound, which we all go all the time. There's a club called Triple X, which is two blocks down the street, and there's, you know, the Megan's office, shout out, you know? It's also just down where our studio is, so... It's all these pockets of creative people coming up. I just can't understand how people can be so cruel to those poor, helpless little animals. This glass-half-full way of looking at its place is arguably what's helped OK 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 keep going. But just like many local Hong Kong businesses have realized, it's not a mindset you end up with after giving up the good fight. It's the only logical and sustainable option if you're selling a creative product. 
I mean, why you? Why would you want to be miserable working with someone that you hate, or if you're just going to keep it? I mean, at the end of the day, like it's a business, but at the same time, if you have any negativity, in it, you wouldn't want to move forward with it, or people can really see it from your work. Everybody has something great to offer this world. Everybody does. You mean your wish come true? Even if this is how it all is, I'm happy. And for all their optimism and hard work, they have actually found a group that they've been looking for. We do have small volume like audience that actually follow us and check us out all the time though. Yeah. So whatever we put it out, music or clothing or art, whatever, they still go for it in locally or international, you know. Love, yes. Feelings, yes. Pride, of course. Right. As this small but loyal group continues to grow, OK, OK, OK isn't in any rush to expand or even fix what isn't broken. They'll continue to do things as they've done since the beginning, until they're ready for the next step. Today, I'll be introducing you to the future. The first thing that you need to know is that the internet is amazing. The gateway to the psychic world. To that global network of computers. Worldwide? It's called email. I think we still do the same shit right now, you know what I'm saying? Like, like we still bring our shit to the printer, we still pack it ourselves, we still put in the labels and everything. We still put in the plastic bag, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we, we, we don't we don't actually hire anyone till now, you know, we still like do our own yeah. stuff, you know, like Leo still putting string on the tag, yeah. on the stickers, put on the shirt, that's crazy. Yeah. Imagine that like, we got a few hundred pieces of shirt and still putting on it. <laughs> With the beginning of a new world, boy, you and I were to begin new lives. It's my honor to promote you to Detective First Class. Wow. Thank you, sir. Teddy, you were right. Yes, we can all realize our dream. When you built your clubhouse, you used nails to make it strong. And friendship is also something you build. Only it's God's love which makes your friendship strong. But I'm a human being first. 